1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 128 of the Lairville News podcast. I'm Jake Bennett and once again with me, as always, is my wonderful Aussie co-host, Mr. Michael Torinda. How's it going, dude? Hello. Thank you.
0: Thank you for that. Welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost as good as uh, a Kobe Bryant, that one was. Close. Um I try. Speaking of Kobe, the mother mentality lives on. The Lakers have advanced to the NBA finals. Yeah. They have clinched. They, they beat the Nuggets today, who are comeback kids. The Lakers have shown why the Clippers are still an irrelevant organization, even with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard there. And will move on to take on either of the Miami Heat or the Boston. It would be nice if the Boston Celtics could beat Miami and the Lakers play the Celtics in the finals in the, the year of the, the Black Mamba. It would be nice. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm very excited that I am on leave and at home, so I can just you can just enjoy it. I'd say uninterrupted, but there's yeah, no, no work. I can just sit there with live in one arm and uh, Lakers on the TV, and hopefully that's the good life, man. LeBron can, yeah. Hopefully LeBron can get his fourth ring. The Lakers can get their seventeenth championship.
1: It'd be good. It'd be good. That's the good life, my friend. That's the good life. I actually recently listened to a podcast called I'm, Well. It's Swindled is the name of the podcast recommended to me by our good friend, Mr. TJ Miller. And uh, Mm -hmm. they were talking about this guy who is an official for the NBA and just all the politics and even some of like the weird, like maybe even rigging of games. I I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it seems like... It's kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's like with this which is with as much money as is involved in any of these sports, like you there's got to be some stuff going on. It doesn't mean that like every game is completely fixed, but it doesn't mean there may be little things that influence outcomes of games on occasion, right? So
0: There were definitely some questionable calls made in favor of the Lakers the other day. It's
1: like they're a big uh, they're a big franchise, right? It's like everybody wants to watch the Lakers. Everybody <laughs> wants the Lakers to do well, so it's like yeah. ooh. Okay,
0: that is correct. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey, Mind. enjoy it though. It's amazing. It's still a great sport. We all love it, and uh, oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. So, congratulations. Way to go. Your team's in. That's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of news, we have a couple releases this week. Uh, we've got eight point three. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk to us about that?
0: Let us get kicked off. Eight point three released uh the week of the sixteenth of. September with JSON casting and database test assertions, the ability to use closures in queued batches, and added various facade methods, uh, facade method PHP docs. So there is now a new cast as JSON method for database assertions, thanks to Andrew Brown. It's been added to the base level test case and it can help you assert against JSON that you have stored in your database. Graham Campbell also contributed an update to use the php.env uh, version 5. So, this will now convert Boolean values from ENV and server values to strings instead of skipping over them as invalid, which it did previously, which should resolve issues for some people without needing to um, hack around those things in the framework. So, if you've come across that, definitely check that out. We have some more information and context around that in the show notes. Um, Muhammad Saeed contributed a feature that allows defining a closure in a queued batch. Um, so, if you've ever needed that, in your application. So if you wanted to include a closure in a batch that's sent to the queue, you can perform simple tasks that way. Um, so definitely check that out if you are looking at that. At Adele contributed some missing PHP docs for the facade methods on the log, mail, redirect, route, URL, and validator facade. So thanks very much to that. Those are always handy for your IDEs and your you know VS codes and things like that that gives you... You know, type aheads and automatic completion of of methods, and if they're not set in the PHP doc block because of the way facades work, you won't won't get that completion without that in there. So the updates are quality of life improvements for those using IDEs. Um, but that is basically all that we have for eight point three. How does uh, we skipped a couple of versions?
1: Does, yeah, we did. We did. We skipped eight point four and eight point five, and went right into eight point six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe it's on the 8.x change logs somewhere updates on GitHub. Possibly. It's all in here. Looks
0: like yeah, it looks like Paul Redman, everyone's favorite human, has included the changes from eight to four, eight
1: five, and eight six in this
0: post. Oh, so nice. it's here, here all go. about it.
1: There we go. Hey, um, how does Vim like those facade methods, those docs, those PHP docs for facade methods?
0: Yeah, same thing. They um uh Vim has a, a plugin called C O C dot which uses IntelliFence, which is the nice, same yeah. thing that same VS thing Code works. Code does, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's nice that, that that's there. So essentially anything that works there, generally someone has made a, a port to Vim. That's and nice. so yeah. any of that functionality that works in VS Code is going to work just as well in Vim. Those in are super cases. handy
1: because like you'll start to type the name of something and you're like, I know that's like sort of what it starts with and mm-hmm. then it just, boop, there it is. That's nice.
0: It's also nice adding those like method doc blocks into your models. Um, So you can have at the very top of your model, you can do at method or at property. Right. If you're, if you've got, um, you know, property cast and and accesses and things like that, if you were to use the at property notation in that doc block, you could say that, you know, your is underscore admin property exists, even though it's defined as get is admin attribute. Um, So those kinds of things help out in your application as well.
1: I will say that has never bitten me. Never once. Never one time did I remove that and not remove a property type hint at the yeah. top. And that's never happened to me. So
0: not, not once, never, not ever, never,
1: never, never, never. Hey, also, I just realized Andrew Brown, because I was like, oh, I recognize that guy. Like I recognize that name. Um, He's from Wisconsin, like Madison. I'm like, bro, get down here like this. It's not <laughs> that far from where we are. He needs to come down for a uh, for a visit next time we have a uh, Laracon online. So Andrew, I'm calling you out, my friend. Come on down to Bloomington. <laughs> All right, we've got 8.6 released as well. So Laravel team released eight four eight five eight six over the last week with plenty of new features, including SQLite schema dump support. So just like how we've talked about with my uh, with Laravel seven was released, you had uh, migrations. Laravel eight was released. Oh no, sorry. Continue. Sorry, was it was it Laravel seven or was it Laravel eight? That re- it was Laravel eight. Yeah. I think it was. The schema dump was added in Laravel eight. Okay, yeah, sure. The schema dump. So now it's with SQLite. Auto handling for cast as JSON values that are JSONable, An artisan command for clearing queues along with the latest new features, fixes, and changes in the 8.x branch. So Paras Malhatra contributed the SQLite support for the new schema dump artisan command. Uh, so now you can squash large migrations into a single SQL file as the application's migration files grow for SQLite you have auto handling of cast as JSON. So um, is this the last one we talked about? Nope, no, 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 it's not. That was in the tests, wasn't it? The uh, cast as JSON method for database assertions, right? And now we have auto handling cast as JSON. So it contributed a cast as JSON method to the base test case, which now supports auto casting of JSONable and array values. So you don't, even have to, you don't even have to specify it anymore. It just does it all automatically by itself. You have the ability to clear queues with Artisan now. So Paris Malhotra, again, the same guy who contributed the SQLite uh, support for the new schema dump command, has contributed another uh, Artisan command called Clear, which is a command you can use in development and perhaps in some emergency production issues to clear your <laughs> applica- application's queue. Again, that has never yes, happened emergency to us. that has never emergency happened Emergency production and, nope, yeah. nope we never <laughs> we never accidentally sent out thousands of emails due to a bug that never happened
0: uh, I've had a, a polling API that was constantly failing and just kept on like requeuing the jobs and ended up with you know thousands of them that we knew were not going to pass and they just kept on spamming sentry. Uh, I think we got to nearly double our century, century yeah. event this month so uh <laughs> you, and of course these things even, happen on like a friday night and you don't notice yeah. it until mm-hmm. someone complains
1: about it on sunday like you exhausted your spike protection as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh we have take until timeout on lazy collections so joseph silber who is the dude who is behind all these lazy collection items contributed a take until timeout method to lazy collections which lets you stop a long running process after a given timeout. Just as it sounds, I won't uh, read the code for you. If it sounds interesting to you, Uh, it will basically limit a process for as long as you want it to be able to run. basically give it a timeout. There's other features and fixes that are in here uh, that we're not going to mention, but you can find in the show notes. So that's 8.6. We've got lots of news going on too. Uh, The one at the top of the list is Hacktoberfest 2020. If you haven't heard about this, Michael's going to tell you what it is right now. Indeed. Hacktoberfest is a month
0: long festival of supporting and contributing to open source, and it is back again for 2020. To participate, all you have to do is make four pull requests between the 1st and 31st of October this year, and you'll get a free t shirt, which is limited to the first 75,000 participants. It's an open source, uh, sorry, Hacktoberfest is open to everyone in the global community, whether you're a developer, a student learning to code, an event host, or a company of any size. You can help drive growth of open source and make positive contributions to an ever-growing community. All backgrounds and skill levels are encouraged to complete the challenge and Hacktoberfest is a celebration open to everyone. So pull requests can be made to any GitHub-hosted repositories and projects and you can sign up anytime between the 1st and 31st of October. There's um, some rules to go with this. So to earn your Hacktoberfest t-shirt, or tree reward, you must register and make four valid pull requests. They can be to any public repo on GitHub, not only the ones with the issues that are labelled as Hacktoberfest. And if a maintainer reports your pull request as spam or behaviour not in line with the project's code of conduct, you'll be ineligible to participate. Um, so as we said, the first 75,000 participates who successfully complete the challenge will be eligible to receive a prize. So this is the time of year where we start seeing a lot of pull requests to fix up grammatical errors in documentation yeah, and things right, like that, true. updating composer.json files and so on and so forth. So there is a list of Laravel projects that are looking for help, which we'll have linked to in the show notes. Be sure to check out the official Hacktoberfest site to
1: register, read the full rules and regulations, and then get started on submitting your pull request. That's pretty cool that they're letting you plant a tree this year instead of giving getting a t-shirt. Mm. That's pretty neat. Yeah, which is nice, yeah. especially
0: now where you know, we're uh, sort of restricted in what we're able to do. So planting a tree and and helping the environment. You know, the the environment's done a lot of recovery this year in terms of less people traveling and less flights and all all that kind of stuff. So give the the planet a chance to heal if you can, you know. But there's been no conferences this year as well, so no one's picked up any uh, conference swag. So maybe you desperately want a a T-shirt to update your wardrobe.
1: Yeah, either way, either way. It's a cool event though. Uh it's it's pretty neat. It's like one of those things, like you said, it's sort of funny because it's all the low-hanging fruit that just kind of gets picked up. All those uh make mm-hmm. sure you're tagging your issues as uh needs help or good first issue if you're uh if you're wanting to get some help from these from these Hectoberfest yeah. folks, they'll they'll be happy to take that stuff on. Okay, we have View Three, which has now been released. So ViewJS has announced that version three is now released and available. This exciting release maintains Vue's small size footprint, but touts new powerful features such as the Composition API, Teleport, Fragments, and Performance Improvements. So this has been coming for a while. I remember not this year, but last year, Avenue was talking about Vue 3 and all the new things that they were working on. And I know it's been kind of yeah. out there for a while in beta. So worth noting... While Vue 3 is out, many supporting libraries around it are still in beta status. Like This is just like what you'd have with Laravel 8, right? It takes a while mm-hmm. for all of those people, all the maintainers, to upgrade their packages to support Vue 3. So yeah, here's what it says. All of our official libraries and tools now support Vue 3, but most of them are still in beta status and distributed under the next dist tag on NPM. We are planning to stabilize and switch all projects to use the latest dist tag by the end of 2020. So it might be uh, worth... Noting that uh, before you switch to V3 and get a world of hurt from even some of their official libraries not supporting uh, V3. So you can read more in the introduction for V3 support by the first-party view libraries, but there's also... I highly recommended Laracast's course called What's New in Vue 3. And this series goes into hands-on examples of Vue 3 concepts such as Vite, the new composition API, the fragments, the teleport, and the other exciting features that have been made possible with Vue 3. And I believe, I believe, let me see if I open an incognito window if it's free. It's new in Vue 3. It is. It's free. Of course it is. Those folks, those folks over at Laracast, they're just good people. So for those using TypeScript, this series also covers using TypeScript in Vue 3, which is substantially better than TypeScript to support in Vue 2. And uh, there's also Vue Mastery, which has a free intro to Vue 3 course, along with the focused Vue 3 composition API series. So that's the that's the majority of it. Congrats to the Vue.js team on the launch. Way to go. I know this has been a long time coming. So uh, they actually do have a video as well from uh, – actually, that one's from Vue Mastery. So you can check that out. That one looks like a pretty quick quick read. Uh, our quick watch but uh lots of good stuff there so i'm looking forward to kind of learning about what's what's coming up in vue 3 i'm kind of between right now like we're we're using vue in a lot of spots in our applications but we're sort of switching over to blade components and alpine in a lot of spots as well uh livewire mm-hmm. right the whole tall stack thing so yeah it'll be yeah. interesting to kind of see where we where we go from here but we've got options which is great yeah it's nice
0: um i'm not the most proficient of javascript developers and so Trying to stick as close to HTML and, and PHP has been really nice. And the thing, you know, I, the affordances that you get from View uh, from the tool stack are enough for me in most cases where I don't need the reactivity and the interactivity that you get from from full on JavaScript. So I'm very thankful to all the contributors that have have made Livewire a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I think that like um, so,
1: Mohammed, Sorry, I, before we move on, this isn't in our in our list, but. Uh, Muhammad Syed, uh, who is in Laravel employee number one, has a journal post out there this week called a single index.php file generating $65,000 a month. And so we're, he's kind of talking about jumping from tool to tool, right? And how we tend to do that a lot of times as developers because we get really excited about this mm-hmm. and then... Um, we move around and, and do all these different things. But this this guy, Peter, I don't remember his name, Peter Levels, he's generating $65,000 a month with an app that's written inside a single pH, indexed PHP file yeah. with jQuery, right? And mm-hmm. I think the last thing that what he's what he says here is was really good. He says, if you can build apps that work using a stack you're familiar with, Exploring other stacks and tools should be like visiting a new city. Enjoy it, but know that you can't just move your family to every new city you visited and liked at sunset. Enjoy where you live and plan yeah. your moves carefully. Time is precious. I thought that was a really good sort of warning, right? These these things are really exciting. And I'm not saying don't use view through. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that just plan your time carefully. If you are always switching from one to the other, it's very possible that you're not going to ship the thing that you're wanting to ship because it's just... You know, you're just kind of playing around, figuring out new tools. So anyway, yep. take that for what it's worth. All right, we've got uh, GitHub CLI version 1.0 released. Mm-hmm.
0: So earlier this year, GitHub announced the beta of the GitHub CLI. And since the release of that beta, users have created over 250,000 pull requests, performed over 350,000 merges, and created over 20,000 issues using the CLI. They've received so much thoughtful feedback, and today... Today being the 17th of September, GitHub CLI is out of beta and available to download on Windows, macOS, and Linux. So essentially, everything that you can do um, via the, the GitHub website, you can do via the CLI now. It's a first-party application, so it works really well. You can create issues, you can create mergers, you can fork repositories and then clone them. You can do all kinds of stuff, um, even pull down. I know uh, pulling down merge requests or, or pull requests from people sometimes is a, is a bit tricky if you want to you know make some modifications or you want to manually merge and, and things like that. Um, so the the GitHub CLI makes that a lot easier to interact with repos and issues and pull requests and, and tag releases and all that kind of stuff. So it's also nice if you spend most of your time in the terminal. So definitely check it out. If that is something that you are interested in, we'll have a link to it in the show
1: notes. Are you using that locally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Now, So do you guys use... You guys use Gitlabs at uh We use Gitlab, and yeah,
0: and there's not... Yeah, we am. Um, our renewal came up for GitLab, and I said, can we maybe just do a self-hosted GitHub instead of GitLab? But uh, I was told to just renew the GitLab subscription. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, what's, what's the best way I can describe it? You know, you can't move your family to every new city that you visit and like at sunset. Uh, I'm just... Off the top of my head, here you know, <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. uh It's true. I mean, like you know, it's like you guys already have your CI pipeline all set up in in uh, Git, mm. GitLab as well, right?
0: I would happily convert it all to GitHub Actions.
1: Yeah, that's true. GitHub Actions are pretty sick, man. I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Laravel zero eight released. So just to be clear, so there's no confusion. Laravel 0 is the name of the library or package, whatever you want to call it. And version 8 is released. Not zero 0.8, but Laravel zero. 0.8 is released. Okay. 8.9. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The community project Laravel 0 released version 8 last week, which focuses on speed improvements and better developer experience. It also brings Laravel 0 in line with core Laravel 8's features, such as job batching in queues and more. So this, was, uh, this is, of course, started by our good friend Nuno Maduro. And uh, it looks like Owen Voke uh, is tweeting about this. I'm wondering if, I'm not sure. You know what? I've not really kept up with the development of Laravel Zero. I'm wondering if this is like a, a maintainer or like a, a partner.
0: Yeah, Owen. Yeah, Owen's done quite a bit of work as far as I'm aware with, with quite a number of Nuno's libraries. Yeah, it looks like so, Laravel Zero, um, Pest. VHP. Yeah, he's working on Pest and he's working on Zero and all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. So
1: Awesome. So Owen's been working on this and I'm sure Nuno as well. Mm-hmm. internally laravel zero's test suite now uses pest php which of course is nunos as well so you can also use that in your Laravel zero projects as well so that's that looks pretty good GitLab support for self-updates faster git version retrieval and more And there's an article linked up here which contains all the highlights of this brand new version mm-hmm. congrats guys looks good yeah
0: i uh our we have all of our models and migrations and all that in a separate package and so mm-hmm. i had a custom application written to, to do that because Laravel Zero didn't support it at the time but I have ported over to I've ported the application over to just using Laravel Zero and it makes my life so much easier because all of that migration and database management stuff exists as part of Laravel Zero now you can just install it as a as a dependency and it works quite nicely and it means that I don't have to try and keep my version of it up date right. every time a new version of Laravel comes out and Gosh, it's it's annoying to try and make all that stuff work separately. So I'm very thankful to that. I got I got most of that finished, and then had a baby. So we didn't deploy it before I went on leave. But we're pretty much all of our applications are ready for Laravel eight now, which we'll do when I got back. I figured I would not leave poor Chris on his own to fend for himself with potentially everything changing to Laravel eight and then me disappearing for six weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that would be cruel. That would be cruel. Mm. Okay. We've got some packages going on here. The first one is a really interesting one. Um, let's talk about that.
0: Automatically detecting and rehashing passwords. So before, this is a package yeah, by Samson. Sorry. Be- oh, I was going to say, before gone. you get
1: into that, why would we ever need to detect and rehash our passwords? So there's a, there's a few situations
0: there. If you were to change your hashing algorithm, for example... Fair. Um, if you wanted to increase the cost factor, so if you wanted to go from you know 10 rounds to 50 rounds or whatever, typically this would only reflect in new registrants or an existing user changing their password. But with this package, you can automatically detect when that needs to happen and it will cycle the password every time the user logs in. Um, so we'll just update the hash because you've already got the information when they log in. So um, it basically listens for the built-in attempting event in the validate and validate the credentials using built-in authentication features if the user's password needs it the package will automatically rehash the password and update your authenticatable model so it's basically yeah if there's a if there has valid credentials and the password needs to be rehashed then it just updates the password hash so all of this information is contained you've got if you have a look if you ever look at a hash which i can probably do to to speak a little bit of sense while i do it you've usually got a dollar 2y dollar $10 and then the hash itself. So that information at the front is saying that, you know, it's using um, bcrypt and then it's using X number of rounds of whatever. So, oh, interesting. I didn't um, know that. if you were that. to introduce... Correct, yeah. So if you were to, to you know, introduce a salt into your application or you wanted to add pepper as well um, to, you know, bring a little bit of extra durability to your passwords, then th- this is all, all the kind of stuff that can be detected by this library. And it, I, I assume it just leverages... The underlying PHP function. So there's like a password that the, the password library in PHP does all this kind of stuff for you. I don't remember the names of the, the functions, but there's password hash and there's, let's see if I can find it. Password hash, password needs rehash. So <laughs> it just checks all of that stuff for you and determines if it needs to be changed. So um, you can configure all that stuff. Typically in a Laravel application it would only be the cost that you would be changing. So if you wanted right. to go from 10 to 11 rounds of, of hashing, then it would do that kind of stuff for you, generate the new hash and then update it automatically for you. That's pretty cool. So thanks to Samson Endale for that one. Uh, we'll have links to that in the show notes.
1: That's really neat. Yeah, I, I can um, I can see whether it'd be useful, like especially like just over time, right? As processors can continue to get faster and GPUs, really, I suppose, is the bigger danger, yeah. I think, right? That's what people you're are going, using to crack yeah, passwords.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's right. Or if, or if you're going from, you know, SHA-256 SHA to SHA-512 and whatever else, sure. like this will handle all that kind of stuff for you because you change the, the configuration of, of how you're hashing passwords and then it will just detect, oh, yeah, this password is using a SHA-256 and the application now needs a SHA-512. So it will handle all that for you.
1: Very nice. We've got another package here called PROGRESS. So progress is a PHP package that determines the steps and progress with an expressive object-oriented API. So think about this. If you ever had like a multi-step registration process or a multi-step like interview form or something like that, where people have to go through the multiple steps of a form in order to complete something. So this progress package is a simple way of taking those multiple steps in a process and using them to create a progression system. So you can define your steps through an expressive and simple API and let this package handle all the heavy lifting for you. So the result is a really easy-to-use steps and progression system. Uh, so it works by creating a progress instance with all the steps required to reach 100% progression. And then this library asserts which steps are completed and returns the results. Um, so there's some code examples here. Uh, it can see where the progress is, uh, so like as far as like the percentage through. So you could also display that to the user. And then if it I, I look, it looks like it can kind of bring them back to where they left off as well. So if they were to leave and then come back, it could kind of resume them back to where they were. Uh, so this looks pretty interesting. And I know I've had this problem before. I think I solved with, I think I just did everything with Vuex. I never did a page mm-hmm. refresh and just kind of stored things. Um... I think I store like in local storage or something. Each time they would go to the next page, and then if they ever came back, I would just yeah. rehydrate Vuex with, um, mm-hmm. with that stuff. But yeah, this works great too. And this is on the uh, this is on the backend. Stores it all in your database. It looks like so pretty cool. Yep, check that out. PHP Progress nice. Library. Okay, we also have uh, another little plugin here that does some cool stuff with the weather.
0: Yes, Laravel Weather is a package by Henrik B. Hansen which allows you to fetch weather data from different weather providers in your Laravel projects. A quick example is to use a global weather helper function. So weather, arrow, get forecast, dollar request. And in your request, you can pass a weather request object by the looks of things um, and give it an address and it will go and find information there. So you can provide the uh, units, whether you want Fahrenheit or Celsius and so on and so forth. Out of the box, Laravel Weather supports Dark Sky and the Weather Stack. However, it looks like the Dark Sky API is deprecated or is not providing new keys. So this may be something that you need to consider if you're going to use this package. You can define your own provider to work with this package using a provided abstract class. Um, so in Australia, probably the most reliable thing. Um, unfortunately, Apple uses the the Weather Channel, which isn't terribly accurate for us here. So and there's no way of like using anything else. So if you wanted to do something with The Bureau of Meteorology, for example, you could create your own provider that would fetch data and and transform it in a way that this package could use and then go from there. So thanks to Henrik for this one. We'll have links to the package in the show notes.
1: Very cool. Uh, That's our last package, but I was actually just looking through some of the community links and we've got some really good ones out there. So if you've ever needed to use IP geolocation, uh, which I have before, Mm -hmm. I've used a service called like MaxMind. We've Used um, what's the one that Matthias and his wife run? GeoCodio. GeoCodio is a good one, but you can actually use IPG location using Cloudflare. So there's a tutorial on that from TimLeland.com. There is a YouTube video about running scheduled tasks with Docker. Uh, LaravelShift.com from Jason McCurry has a little uh, sub site called Can I Upgrade Laravel? And what you can do is you can just uh, paste in your composer.json file and it will tell you if those packages support Laravel 8 yet. So you can just kind Mm -hmm. of keep an eye on that, throw that in there and uh, figure out when exactly you're going to be able to update. Lots of really good stuff here. Lots of really good replacing Tailwind UI hero patterns, password management tips, factory tips for the new Laravel 8 uh, factory classes. So... Some really good stuff in here. Check that out if you don't, if you haven't gotten a chance to do that before. Uh, always some really good, really good content in there. If you're looking for a little bit of extra stuff that wasn't featured on the show today, um, all in all though, this was episode 128. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for a little bit. If you would like to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at podcast. newscom news 128 Of course, if you liked the show, feel free to rate us up on your podcatcher of choice or just retweet uh, when we tweet each out there every other week when we're uh putting the show out just give it a little re- retweet and a like that'd be awesome and uh if you have any questions you can feel free to reach out to us on twitter at jacob bennett at michael dorinda or at laravel news that's all i got michael what you got man
0: i got nothing i have nothing i'm gonna go and get some work done before my children wake from their slumber
1: sounds good my friend thanks everybody we'll see you in two weeks bye